everybody. Welcome to an extra special episode of Private Parts. Now, I am so excited to be launching a series of bonus episodes which are going to feature a range of voices from the LGBTQ plus community to share and celebrate love in all of its forms because we love love. Now, as part of this podcast series, we also want to shine a light on an incredible charity we're working with called the Albert Kennedy Trust. So it's AKT. Now, AKT is a national LGBTQ plus charity that provides support and housing for those experiencing homelessness, abuse or rejection. So if you have any time, please go and check them out as they are doing some amazing vital work and any support you're able to give would be amazing. Now these bonus episodes are produced in collaboration with the Gourmet Vegan Sweet brand. Yes, Candy Kittens, we love them. And the ever popular Love Sweet range which is available right now. Right, enjoy the episode. Ashton, welcome to the podcast. Hi, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> hey, listen, is this your first podcast? Um, I think mm, I've done it. I've done one before. I've done a couple, like some I've done for like friends and stuff. Yeah. I did one before with uh, Marcus and Lenny Henry, um, yeah, which was for like uh, why like Black British Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm not like well versed in podcasts to be yeah. honest. So it's really fun. It's good to be here. Hey, listen. Also, really upsettingly, so. Reason we, lots of reasons why we're doing this podcast today, mm. but uh, one of the one of the big reasons is that you have very kindly designed, which I'm going to show to the camera. Uh, Canican loves packaging. You have designed the packaging for us, and this is the first time <laughs> you saw it, and <laughs> no one gave a shit. Like, no one, no one said anything, and I was like looking around, like, hang on a second, this is the first time you've seen it. Um, are you proud of it? I really am. I'm honestly like, I, I really, so first of all, like I've really enjoyed like coming up with the design and yeah. creating it because I really wanted to make something that was, first of all, so happy and joyful that when people looked at it, they smiled because that is at the heart of my work, generally speaking. Like I want to just inject as much like joy and happiness and life in, into my art so that people kind of feel happy and good when they see it. But, you know, obviously most of the time when I when I create my art it's got like people in it like human characters but you know I felt for this one I wanted to take the the characterful style that I usually work with like having the like little pouty lips and stuff and the eyes but put those sort of elements onto fruit obviously for the sweets you know and the flavors and stuff um of candy kittens i thought it'd be really good to like merge the two um so essentially i wanted to just personify a bunch of fruit um and have them kind of interacting you know visibly in love like kissing and holding hands and love like, is the greatest thing you know it's just the <laughs> basically the the fruit are just like different couples and friends and yeah like obviously as an artist like i'm always doing like illustrations and paintings that represent different communities particularly like the lgbt community but it's nice to see something so visible and so proud you mm. know um and yeah i'm, I'm a fan of, of candy kittens anyway i said this before so you know it's it's great to see the you know two worlds collide kind of thing it's you know? amazing i always i always find it you know people always ask me questions about it, so mm. okay so you know my my sister um is an artist and mm she 
she started doing art from a very young age. I mean, she's she's amazing in lots of ways, and and nowhere where you are, but just a different sort of artist. And my stepmother's a sculptor, so she does oh, sculpturing. Cool. Yeah, so really cool. So I've kind of been around art my life. Myself, terrible at it. <laughs> like honestly, horrendous. I actually during my I did my GCSEs in art, and yeah. um, I uh, my art book because you had to present an art book for your sure, grades. Sure. I lost mine on purpose, <laughs> so I get an average grade. I've actually never told anyone that. <laughs> How do you feel sharing that? No, I feel really, I feel like I've cheated the system. <laughs> but when did you fall in love with that? Have you always been artistic? Yeah, definitely. I've I was always a sort of really arty kid and loved creating when I, even when I was like, you know, a little um toddler sort of thing, like I loved drawing and mm. you know, using crayons and stuff. But yeah, I, I like you, I did GCSE art and A level art and did it at college as well and, and uni. Um dropped out of uni to sort of take on my career like full-time essentially because it's really hard to balance the two that's brave yeah yeah and I'm not one to quit either usually I never I never like to quit something or um to leave something half finished but I felt that pursuing my art career was more important than finishing my degree because I can do that whenever if I wanted to you know but I think with art it's one of those things that it's not always there forever you kind of have to strike while the iron is hot with Mm. art um so I'm glad that I I decided to do it but yeah in, in answer to your question definitely I've always been like super creative um, I've always loved like painting, drawing, that kind of thing. You know. What, what do you mean when you say with with artists in particular, you have to strike while the iron's mm. hot? What do, What do you mean by that? I think what I mean is with like when I say like, the art world, like how art is. Um, I think the art world in terms of like galleries or just um, your your art being received in the world can sometimes be, it can have a lifespan and sometimes that lifespan is quite short. So what I mean is when the opportunities are there presented with you, I always think it's good to take them. So for example, when I was at uni and things were starting to like snowball a little for me and uh, opportunities were coming my way, mm. I felt that it would be silly of me to to not take them because they might not be there if I don't take them there and I, I wait a few years it, things could change you know what I mean yeah um I think that probably goes to well, maybe if you're a musician it could be the same I think if you have certain opportunities it's sometimes good to take them there in, in that moment that that's but, what I mean because is this in 2018 you won the evening standard art prize yes uh, yeah. d- uh, don't swim in your lane is that don't don't stay in your lane don't stay in your yeah, lane don't, don't swim in your lane <laughs> <laughs> well it's a painting about swimmers so yeah, yeah. But but so, and this was the turning point, right? Yeah, I would say I would agree with you on that. I'd say that, um, yeah, around that time, that's when things really started to pick up momentum a little. Um, because before that, I was, I think when I won that prize, I was like 19, 18, 19. Wow. So, um, yeah, you know, before that, I didn't really have any big things going on in my life that was like the first sort of big opportunity or the first big public piece of recognition that I had you just know? quickly being naive how does that work so mm. you 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 submit your work mm-hmm. and then I'm sure hundreds thousands whatever the number yeah. is submitted also and then you go through stages how does it yeah, work exactly exactly so um basically yeah I I think actually funny enough I didn't even see the call it was on a um it was in the evening standard and my mum actually saw it like she she saw it I think on I don't know if it was online or in the paper but she she I remember she texted me I was on the train somewhere and she texted me like oh Ash I think you should apply to this and I was like oh I don't know like we'll see about that and um yeah I I applied I sent in a picture of my painting and 
um, you know, they loved it and it, it got through to like the short, the the um, the sort of longer list and the short list and, and I eventually won it, um, which is still like crazy to, to think, you know, it's so mad. But Who presented you with the award? Um, oh, I can't even remember. I think it was, um, oh, that's so bad. I should remember. But it was like a lot of people from the Evening Standards it? there. It was like, it was at the... Um, the National Gallery in, in Trafalgar yeah. Square. Um, and there was like so many cool people. I'd never been to an event like that. It's somewhat a blur. Almost imposter syndrome as well because you don't yeah. really know what's going on. I was just like, I walked in and I was like, how is this my life? Like, why am I here? Amazing. You know, like never experienced anything like that before. And I think even to this day, it still doesn't feel real. Like I felt like I was like not in the room kind of thing. Like, mm. And those you know, moments go by so quickly, right? They do. They and it's really hard do. to catch them almost. And then when it's happened, you kind of get confused that it's actually... Absolutely. Just happened. But I also heard that you you changed your artistic style. Yeah, I did. You you were you were doing a certain sound. You felt like you weren't mm. representing yourself. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's exactly true. Um, so before, when I was, uh, you know, in A levels and GCSEs, and before I kind of um, started to work professionally, I was doing more figurative. Art. so a little bit more realistic or like photo realistic treat me like an idiot which um, i am so this, <laughs> you can explain it so yeah so. so basically what i mean when i say that is you know if you go to like a, a, an art gallery or something an art exhibition and you see something or like a painting on the wall that looks exactly like what it's meant to so like say someone's painted a bowl of fruit and it mm. looks exactly like a bowl of fruit like the colors are accurate the form is accurate like it it looks realistic yeah that's the kind of thing i was doing before like it wasn't like for example like with these like you know you know like they're strawberries or you know that's a rainbow but it's quite playful you or, had character to it exactly right? and personality. exactly but before it was more like I'd look at something and I tried to portray it as closely as possible to the original source, but I didn't feel that there was much imagination or much playfulness with it. Is that because you didn't have the um, courage almost to go and step yeah. outside the, the, the lines? Right? I think you're right. I, I would say so. I think that it was kind of when you're when you're younger and you're you know studying things at school, like you know art or whatever. I think it's more about getting the best mark, um, right? They don't allow you... Sometimes there's not this idea of being able to express yourself Yeah, exactly. I think it was more... Obviously, you know, I always... Um, like I said earlier, I love being creative and that was always natural for me. But I think that at the same time... Um, you, you sometimes don't want to step outside of the box too much because, you know, you don't know how it's going to be received. And I think before, when I was making artwork previously, my style was a lot more... Um, like I said, more figurative, more realistic, but it wasn't the kind of thing that I'd look at and think, yeah, but I want to put that on the wall. Like mm. I'd, I'd do a piece of work and I'd, I'd finish it and I think, yeah, that looks good. It's technically, it's really good. It's, it looks like what it's meant to, but it didn't make me smile or it didn't make me feel happy and it didn't bring me joy and color into my life, which is kind of what was the turning point for me in, in doing the style that I have now. Do you know what I mean? I know totally what you mean. Yeah, it, it, it's almost it's almost like I, I don't know who said this once, but someone said when you're when you're really being sort of in an artistic space, it's when you don't really know what you're doing if it's right or not. Yeah, and that's kind of a good space to be yeah. in. When you're looking at something, you're just going, "Well, this doesn't really do anything for me." Yeah, you're kind of in the wrong spot, but you no. have to almost push yourself to a place where you're like this feels like something and it feels interesting and fun and different, but I don't really know what it is yeah. yet. Type thing. Exactly. Like I feel like I took a real gamble almost when I started um coming up with my style because I remember I was literally in 
uh, it was in my student halls. I used to live in Tottenham Hale yeah. when I was in my first year of uni. Um, and it was like my first time living away from home. And like, I remember, you know, kind of thinking about my work and thinking, does this make me happy? Is it, would I want to put it on the wall? Would it, would I want to share this with people? How would they feel if they, you know, if they were to interact with this artwork? And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I'm not really sure to be honest. It, it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't doing what I kind of wanted it to do almost. And I kind of just looked at my work and felt, I really just want to simplify everything that I'm doing and inject a lot more color and playfulness and vibrancy and like imagination into it. So I sat there at my desk in my, in my student halls and I was like drawing around and kind of just figuring out how I could basically oversimplify um, and bring everything back to its foundations and its basics. So for example, a face rather than drawing a face exactly as it looks and trying to make someone look exactly as they look, I almost came up with like a caricature um, to represent that person, which is a lot simpler, but it's a lot more playful and a lot more fun. Um, so that's kind of how I started and you know I started painting loads in my halls was that scary though at the beginning to kind of do it yeah I think so I think so because also because you're focusing on something that you want to do right and and surely as a student right you don't really know we don't know what's right no you're right I think absolutely I think being being at uni as well where there's a certain art style or type of art that is somewhat favored as well like when you're at uni it's I know it's not maybe as rigid as it is at school, but you're still, I guess, geared or pushed towards a certain style or working in a certain way that will get you the best degree. Mm. Um, and I think what I was doing at the time didn't really fit in with my uni's personal taste or what they would hope to see a student do at that point, to be honest. So I do think I took a gamble by doing what I did, but in all honesty, like I'm glad, like I did do that because I think in in the long run it, it's serving me well. And yeah, and you're saying true to yourself. Right? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're you're not you're also almost being an imposter to yourself, which is never a good thing. Exactly, exactly. Because I think you know when I first started, it was almost like I was looking around me and not knowing what I wanted to do or how I wanted to do it. Um, but I think I, as soon as I sat down that evening, like I remember it so well, and I sort of had my sketchbook out and I was drawing all these little characters and kind of going back to basics with my art and treating it as if I'd never really picked up a pen pencil before almost and seeing how I could go back to the beginning you God, know I feel like you're very true to yourself that's so <laughs> I feel like it's unique right in, in especially in the world that we live in today where everything's full of filters and people yeah. are trying to be different things and and people are you know it's I've said it so many times that cheesing you know why fit in when we're born to stand out right and, and, we, and all we all try to fit in all the time but what you're saying is that you know you were just following what you wanted to do yeah which I feel is unique and rare I, I admire you for that thank you yeah, yeah I do because I don't think I don't think um I think I don't think sort of you know especially you know in your teens and and your, your early twenties I don't think I ne- I never did that I was always just doing following the fashion that everyone else was doing I, yeah. I always wanted to fit in in some sort of way yeah what was it like growing up what were your family did they encourage your artistic stuff you know yeah definitely my you know I'm really really lucky to have you know great great support network great parents um, I'm an only child but my parents have always been so supportive of me with with everything like as a person as also my career as well because I think you know a lot of people when they say they want to go into the arts or they want to be an artist a lot of people like for example even some of my friends who maybe are doing art now but it wasn't what they 
they maybe wasn't what they studied in terms of their degree or whatever um, because they were in some way guided to do something more academic or mm. believe that it would get you a better job but luckily for me I've always had parents and and stuff that have never tried to sway me in any way or, or tell me that you know oh you can't do this or you can't do that my parents have always been really really encouraging of 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 everything like as a person individually and like just me as an individual but also professionally and what I want to do is my career I think there was a time when I was a bit younger where I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do whether I maybe did want to go and do something else you know like I, I even thought maybe oh, I should go and do law or psychology or like English literature mm. like all these more traditional things that people go and study at uni I was thinking about and I thought you know what I'm not I'm not it's not going to be what I really want to do at the end of the day like it's not it's not going to fulfill me I don't think I'll enjoy going in each day and spending all this time money and energy doing something that's not really where my heart is so yeah you know and at the end I, I just decided yeah I do want to do art it's something that it is a little bit of a gamble like you know you hear all the time people not really making much sometimes money or yeah. getting too far with it and I think that was always a fear of mine was going into the something. financial stress right that that can yeah. be a lot of the time it, it scary. is and it's it's valid I understand why there is that fear because I think with a lot of things in the creative industry people feel like that but I also think that creative jobs or just creativity in general is often overlooked as having value 100 percent. you know it's wild to me you know yeah. I, I did a lot of drama at school yeah right? and for me that is about being part of an ensemble it's about understanding different characters and people and learning with your, your with your body and your voice and things like that and if you're also like a, a shy kid doing something like drama or the arts mm. really pushes you into an amazing sort of accepting community but that's amazing <laughs> that your parents are yeah are so proud obviously of you but also just encourage you into anything that you want to do yeah absolutely like genuinely they're so supportive you know there, there was never a time where they were like actually Ash I think maybe you should go and do like this or that you know they've never they've never tried to to dictate what I choose to do or me as a person or anything I think that I do have to you know accept that 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 because of the way they are that's also the way I am I think that Obviously, I'm my own person, but I think the fact that they have been so nurturing and accepting and encouraging of me as an individual has allowed me to like express myself and go into the discipline that I want to be in. Because I think if I what do you mean the discipline? That, so with, with, within the arts, I think maybe if I had parents who felt that art was insignificant or without value, then maybe they would say, "Oh, Ash, maybe you should go and do like medicine or something," for example. But I think they've never put their opinion onto me. I think there was a time, you know, in all honesty, where my dad was a little bit worried about, oh, you know, it might be difficult. But yeah. he never said, don't do it. He was just expressing like concern almost that it could be a difficult career. But, you know, he's him and my mum. That's just always, anxiety from yeah, parents. Because like, exactly. they just think, God, you got to, you know, what are no. you gonna, yeah, just do something right there. But everyone has that. Yeah. But, but also, as you, you represent as they, how important are pronouns to you? Um, in all honesty, and I will say this now, like I, um, for a long time have like struggled with like my gender identity. Like I came out as a lesbian when I was in, uh, I think I was in year 11 at school. So how old would that be? So I was like 16 or 17, okay. I think. Um, and that's, you know, always known that I was gay, you know, that's fine. But I think that sort of pronouns and gender was something that um 
over the years I, I've struggled with finding the words for or being able to express it, um, describe myself in the best way, you know. But I'm kind of at this point in my life genuinely now where I don't actually give it, for me personally, much importance. I think that um, how people perceive me or how people refer to me is actually not that important because mm. I think I'm at a place in my life where I am just happy being who I am, Great. regardless of what language or words are attached to that. So in terms of pronouns to me, I don't really mind. Like I use she pronouns, I use they pronouns. I'm not too worried. Um, I think for a lot of people, pronouns can be very important um, and they should be respected if someone obviously says, you know, these are my pronouns, this is how I'd like to be referred to, then that should, should be something that people honour because it's just a way of showing respect for totally, that Totally, I completely agree with you. Yeah, you know. Um, but for me personally, like, I'm just at this point in my life where I'm just, like, really just happy and content yeah. and just chilled out, you know. Because that, did you go through, obviously what you were saying there, mm. did you go through a period where you, it feels like you were confused, right, about yeah how to represent yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, essentially, I think. And, and can you break that down, though, just like in in what ways were, were you confused? It actually, you know, coincided with what I was talking about earlier with looking at my art and deconstructing my art almost and seeing how I could come up with a style that best served me and told the story that I wanted to tell and inject all this colour and life into the world. Because I think, you know, sometimes specifically with like LGBT artwork or anything that's deemed socio-political or like tied to identity sometimes can be quite visually dark so what I mean by that is often when you say like for example say someone says oh I make artwork that's got political themes like visually the colors can be quite dark the messages might be quite um and rightfully so they might be quite um angry or because it's sad experience right? yeah and as they should be but I think that I didn't want to um create artwork that were those things I still wanted to have joy and color and you know happiness in involved with it but you know it kind of didn't it did coincide with also my own uh I guess journey or questioning of of my identity and and my gender and I think that you know, obviously as a queer person and a lot of people will be able to relate to this, especially when you're a young queer person as well, you do question things and you do explore. And I think that young LGBT people should be able to explore and live freely and, and be able to be their authentic selves, whatever that looks like, and have the freedom to um, express and to just be and exist as themselves. I think for me, for, for quite a long time, I, I struggled. And I think even now there's... Um, Str struggled with what? Family, friends, yourself? I think all of it. I mean, for, for me personally, like I said, I've, I've been very lucky to have the support of good, good family, um, good friends. I've, I've had that. Um, I've, I've often felt held, like I've felt um, well-loved and nurtured in, mm. in my community. So that's probably why I'm so like happy right now in a sense of, of be, as being the person that I am but I think obviously for a lot of people unfortunately and it's it's extremely sad that people don't get that and that is the reality for a lot of mm. LGBT people is that they don't have that those networks around them and you know they might be trying so hard to be themselves but they haven't got that external support, support and that can be really difficult but you I know. had we had um I spoke to do you know Belle Priestley 
Who, sorry? Belle Priestley. I'm not sure, no. She's amazing. She came on the podcast and spoke about her experience. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, she had, you know, 12, 13 years old at yeah. school. Everyone's coming out stories is different, but her one, her friends, she confided in someone and then they told everyone and it was just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so just, bad. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's crazy to me that we live in this world where... <clears throat> This happens, right? Yeah. Where still people are ridiculed for whatever they want to do. It doesn't affect anyone else. It's bizarre. No, it is. It, absolutely. Uh, I think that people at the end of the day, like there's there's a lot of, you know, horrible stuff that happens out there and people not receiving what they should be receiving in terms of support and love and nurture. And, you know, that can obviously have a huge detriment on how someone can live and how they can exist exist as themselves. Mm. Um you know, I think everyone's stories are unique to them kind of thing. But in all honesty, like, I've been lucky to have good, good people in my life. So you represent as gender nonconforming. When mm. you heard that term, did that kind of suddenly spark something when you go, okay, this is how I want to be represented? Yeah, sure. I mean, in all honesty, like, and I think a lot of people probably have similar experiences. But for me personally, I was always a gender nonconforming kid. Like, I grew up as, like, a massive tomboy, mm. like... You know, so when I, I guess when I came out, no one was particularly surprised or nothing really shifted in me personally. I think being gender nonconforming has always been part of like my 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 inner self or like my core. I think the first time that I suppose the language was used or that was something that was spoken about openly because I just I just was that way. No one had ever kind of said anything to me or mm -hmm. indicated that it was a thing. But I think it was actually in uni in like the first first year of uni. And I remember going into to the lecture hall or whatever. And, you know, obviously no one knows anyone. Like, I don't know anyone. They don't know me. Um, and people were introducing themselves. And I know a lot of people were sort of confused, like whether I was a boy or a girl or like what, I, you know, specifically the question was asked to me, like, what are your pronouns? And no one had ever asked me that before. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was. I was yeah, like, what yeah. do you mean? Like, what are your pronouns? <laughs> like, I, I'd never heard of that, you know? And I think it, it was... It must have been refreshing though a yeah, little bit, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, I think... Before that, I grew up in Luton. I went to school in Harpenden. That's where I did my like high school years and stuff. But I went to uni in London. And I think London is obviously so diverse. It's everyone and everyone there. So mm. that alone was amazing to see so many different types of people and obviously lots of visibly queer people around, yeah, which yeah, felt yeah. really nice to just feel that, oh, wow. I think, you know, around that time, it definitely opened up some doors for me to really kind of explore and express myself you know for example like I remember in my first year of uni I think it was a few weeks in or so to starting my course it was the first time that I bought a chest binder so it's like for people who don't know it's like a it's like a garment that you wear on your chest that basically compresses it and makes it a bit more flat because that was you know as someone who's quite gender non-conforming or, or masculine presenting it it helped me feel better in my skin and I made a lot of art about it you know that was actually the the characters in Don't Stay in Your Lane they all wore chest binders when they were swimming so the painting is basically off like a swimming pool from like an aerial shot and you've got all these different characters like lying on their backs in star positions and doing like different swimming poses wow. but they've all got um, actually some of them don't but they've all got some element of like gender affirming uh wear essentially you know so for example some of them have binders on so I think essentially you know my own personal life was 
I was exploring that within my art as well. And Which also, is cathartic, yeah, right? exactly. Uh, That's a great word. And exactly how I would, you know, describe it too was cathartic because a lot of my friends and people around me at the time also were experiencing similar things or would see a painting and be like, oh, that looks like me. Or, you know, I always remember someone saying like, you know, when they saw that swimming painting being like, oh, I haven't been swimming in years because of how I feel around my chest. So seeing characters with this binder on is so lovely. Wow. And, you know, things like that. And just, yeah, hearing real life feedback from people that, because obviously, you know, my my paintings and my illustrations do represent and portray real um, stories or represent uh, conversations or feelings and emotions from a LGBT perspective and my own perspective as well. So I think having people engage and, and to be met with such positive and affirming responses is, is so special and something that as an artist, I'll always be grateful for that people can see themselves in my art and feel seen and celebrated, you know? You know, it's it's Pride Month at the moment. What is Pride Month to you? So People, in all honesty, ask me this question quite a lot. Mm. Um, and it's a conversation I have a lot with people. I truly believe that pride isn't something that you can confine to a month or like restrict to a month. So I think as a queer person, and a lot of queer people will, will agree, is that every day, 365 days a year, you're LGBTQ, right? Like you're always going to be that way. So I think how people choose to celebrate or acknowledge their identity isn't something that can be confined I think you know have a month but I think that why not do things throughout the year as well yeah. I think that when that month is over those people don't stop existing like we yeah. don't stop existing in July for example or August you know we, we're here all the time so I think yeah there's nothing wrong with having a month to to highlight to celebrate to raise awareness to to do all these things but I think that it should never just be confined or limited you know what I mean um that's just my thought on it because I think it's a great point yeah you know I just think that you you can't confine such a you know such a massive community and all the things that come within it to you know to 28 days or whatever you know <laughs> that's so true <laughs> it's so true um you know one of the big things you know as we said you came on you've designed Arcanikin's Love's packaging which is amazing mm -hmm. If I was going to say to you, what does love mean to you? What would you say? Oh, honestly, the, the it's such a it's such a big question. I think I'm someone who loves really hard. Like I'm I'm a real lover. Like you know, um, I love lots of things. I'm really passionate about lots of things. Um, you know, I appreciate the small things. I think for me right now that's on the tip of my tongue what I would say is like genuinely like watching the sunset with my partner like that's what like love is for me is just the small moments in like everyday life that you might overlook otherwise but I think when you're in love just feels so much more magical and special you know it's a great answer <laughs> that is a great answer but you're right those little moments that we tend to overlook I think genuinely like and that's where a lot of my inspiration from my art comes from but there's just so much beauty in like everyday life just small like quotidian moments just things that maybe don't have too much outward significance but you can find like the joy in the small things like that 
to be is like do you think love, the artist you know? and you, you you know having done drama I go and watch you know I can go and see a play or something and I have to analyse it now sure. in everyday life because your, your artist comes out do you analyse all these different things and see different things which other people don't see yeah I would say so I think you know sometimes I might be sitting there like people watching and think oh that person's like t-shirt looks great with their hat like that would make a great like you know character for yeah. example in a scene or whatever you know so I think yeah I do pay attention and often just small little moments in my day-to-day -day life might serve as some kind of inspiration for a piece of art that I make. I want to say a big thank you. Uh, thank you for designing such an amazing pack. Thank you for being part of the Candy Kittens journey and being part of our team and our family. Oh, thank, thank you for sharing you. this on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we're going to go and check out your Instagram. We're going to leave the link in below. Um, and thank you for just being awesome. Oh, thank you, Jamie. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed listening and hearing more about Ashton Atz and their incredible work. What an, an amazing, inspiring person. I mean, I, I love it that I get the opportunity to sit down uh, and chat to people about their life, uh, what inspires them, their sort of artistic uh, values. I just love it. I hope you did too. Now, to find out more about the work that the Albert Kennedy Trust do, head to their website, www.akt.org.uk. We're going to leave it in the description. And if you fancy a sweet little treat, go and check out the new Candy Kittens Loves Ashton Atts Sweet Range, which is available now at candykittens.com. Again, it's in the description. And it's also in stores such as Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Asda, and the Co-op. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. See you soon. Bye.